what you did? Yeah. Took a life? Yeah, you come in and you want to take someone's life in a murder? A homicide? Yeah. But you tell the macho man Randy Savage? Yeah. That it wasn't you? Yeah. You want to blame it on a spectacle? Yeah. A specter? Yeah. A spook? Yeah. Interdimensional being? Yeah. Not going to take credit for the homicide that you committed? The macho man Randy Savage isn't going to hear it today? Yeah. We're going to get to the bottom of some paranormal activity, dig it, yeah. Today, here on Death Metal Man, I don't know why I took it to Macho Man Land, but it felt right. It was right, man. It just felt right. Uh, we're talking about murders that were blamed on ghosts and aliens. Sweet. So you kill somebody, and of course you don't want to take the blame for it. That's generally what happens. I've never seen a case where somebody went out in the streets, mm. shot someone in the face, got caught doing it, and was like, yeah, I did that shit because I don't like that guy. Case closed. Never. Nope. That's not drugs. Right, uh, yeah, for sure. But then they come off drugs and they're like, no, nah, it was a coerced confession. Yep. Um, you know, the legal system, the way the world works, usually something happens, you try to make a case out of it. Oh, I killed this man, but it was in self-defense. Hmm. I didn't do it. Someone else did it, and I just was there. You know, you don't ever take the blame for your crime. That's against the code of life. Some people blame it on other people. Some people blame it on self-defense. Some people say they didn't do it at all. Small percentage of people out there acknowledge that a murder happened and say that they actually witnessed it. Blame it on aliens. Blame it on ghosts. Blame it on big feet. We're fitting to hear about some of that shit tonight on Death Metal Dicks. The number one metal podcast. And we don't talk about metal that much. What do we do here, buddy? We uh, take a crime. Yep. Talk about that shit. That's right. Then we compare it to a metal song. What's the one you picked tonight? I picked Seance. Their song, Haunted. Pretty cool, man. And uh, I'd like to say we did a great job introducing the podcast this time as opposed to normal. Yeah, we did. I'm uh, Chris Pierce. I'm Buddy Lloyd. And we're going to tickle your fucking bones. Not just your funny bone, your intellectual bone, your bone bone. Your ding bing. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, You have a good week, buddy? Uh, yeah, it was all right. I was shitting blood. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. Oh, that's on YouTube. I was scared, but luckily it went away yesterday. That's the first time that happened to you before? Not, I mean, no, but... It's regular shit. But not like that. Yeah. You know, like... Like it actually came out... Like it was like on the toilet seat when I got up, I was scared. Yeah, it happens to me all the time. Um, I fucking had some shenanigans this week. My flight from Austin, Texas to here had a, a ridiculous route to begin with. It was going to St. Louis, Missouri, way over where we live, mm-hmm. and then coming back because, you know, when someone buys a ticket for you to come to where they're at, they always buy the cheapest ticket. Yeah. So I was I was coming, like I said, I left Austin, headed to St. Louis. I had a huge layover in St. Louis that I was pretty bummed out about. I passed out, and the flight attendant was angrily waking me up because I sleep hard on planes. Hard. Shaking me, telling me to put the tray up. And I was like, yo, that was fast as shit. Then I 
crack my headphone off just a little bit and I hear the a pilot announcing like we're approaching Dallas. Sorry about this. Uh, we'll inform you more on the situation once we get on the ground. Uh, we have to stop right away when this is the closest airport. Like, oh, shit, something went down, you know, and then I immediately like most people would think, oh, I was close to losing my life. Oh, there might be some activity on the plane that I should be worried about. I was like, fuck this shit. I'm so tired of being delayed, left over. How is this going to inconvenience my day? I'm tired of this airport fuckery. Because I fly like, you know, I, I have some stretches of time off. But when I'm in it, like every week, you know, every fucking weekend I'm on an airplane. And my I'm, I get delayed all the time. I mean, that's just part of the deal. So I'm super pissed off. I'm already on my phone looking up different flights and shit like that. We're in Dallas, and uh, basically what happened is that the plane in the air had a fuel leak pop up. Damn. So the plane started losing fuel, like literally like emergency shit. Uh, you know, nobody explained it in detail, but we were in the air for like 50 minutes. So I bet if we hadn't have been like when it happened, you know what I mean? And it was yeah. like another 10 to land. Like if we would have been that close to some shit, cause you know, Texas is big as fuck. Like we could have been in some shit, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, two things happened. Yeah. A ghost did it. Yeah. But Jesus was looking out for you. Yeah. 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 I mean, if my plane was going down, I would take my seatbelt off. Yeah. I would just embrace it. Either that, or I would just jump right into cannibalism right away. <laughs> But like nobody dies. And then yeah, you're, you're, I'm hungry. I've, I know how plane wrecks work. Um, so we get to the airport and, you know, all the cattle are, they tell us, like, go to the terminal next door. They're all over there fighting, yelling at the attendants. So I sprint to like five terminals away because I saw there was a flight coming back to Little Rock where we live less than an hour from the time we got there. I was scheduled to get home around 2 p.m., ran up there. I tell the uh, uh, the the guy behind the desk, a man, like, hey man, uh, you know, I was on that flight that just emergency landed. Can you switch me to the one leaving from here to Little Rock that leaves in like twenty minutes, boards in like twenty minutes? And he goes, no, because you're already checked into the flight that just landed. I say, hey man, save it. I fly every week. I know you can do it. Let's just skip the theatrics and do it. He goes, well, there's nothing I can do because you checked into the flight. And I said, again, man, you can and you will do this. And he goes, well, I can't. I said, okay, well, someone that works for Southwest can, the flight's taken off in an hour. It boards in like 20 minutes. You get you, like, get like, make it happen because I know what's going to, and I don't want a chance missing it. Like, don't stall me out. Just get it done. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a shithead. Like it's, uh, you know, the time is essential. Yeah. And he's like, well, and I was like, okay, we'll call the manager. He picks up the phone that's behind the desk. Doesn't talk to anybody. Just holds the phone. Puts it back down, asks for my ID, prints the ticket off, and like doesn't say thanks, okay, sorry, nothing. Just says go to Terminal Three. I made it. It was awesome. I got home early, you know, near death. Yeah, that's probably a boring story, but yeah, I mean, my plane got a fucking fuel leak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like I said, ghosts and Jesus. Wild Sunday. And I deserve to die. Like the day before that, I was in public, and there was these kids sitting by a bathroom, and when I was walking towards the bathroom, they go, "Hey, you dropped your pocket." Just ignored them. And if you try to hit someone with a joke and it doesn't land, let it go. That's it. It's over. You know, come back out of the bathroom. Hey, you dropped your pocket. I turn around and go, hey, kids, fuck you. Double fingers. Those kids were so shook. 
How old were they? Man, probably eight. Okay. Eight or nine. Yeah. And they, I guarantee they stopped that Good right job. then and there. Yeah. I, I saved the world, you know? Maybe. They were up to mischief. <laughs> and Remember go. that time you flipped that toddler off at the Mexican restaurant? Yeah. And it immediately put both of its middle fingers in the air and just walked back to its parents. And it kind of looked like me too, <laughs> man. That shit was hilarious, man. Like, they were like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, hell yeah! Teaching the kids, man. Look like Nixon, man. Yeah, that big shit ass was baby fucking is. hilarious, dude. A lot of babies look like Richard Nixon. That's some weird shit. But hey, we're gonna get into this delicious subject tonight. Now, again, what we're looking at tonight on Death Metal Dicks is the idea that an extraterrestrial or a spiritual entity murdered someone that you cared about and framed you for it. Yeah. First one we're going to take a look at happened in 2011. Matter of fact, August 30th, not far away from the anniversary. Asheville, North Carolina. Surprise. That's some real yeah. hippie-ass place. Yeah. Probably a lot of ghost activity going on there, sure. regardless. Mountain town. Uh, police arrived at the home of Lalage and Nayana Gai Patel. Now, you can already tell they're of Indian descent. I'm going to say Italian, but okay. Uh, I don't want to be a shithead, but they owned a convenience store. Uh-huh. The neighbors called 911 because they heard screaming. Now, they're in a neighborhood, like a well-to-do area. They own a convenience store in Asheville, North Carolina. They're doing well for themselves. Uh, So the neighbors have a good relationship with them. It's like an open neighborhood. They say, they tell the police that they saw the husband leave. The wife is alone with two kids. They heard screaming, so they were concerned. Police show up to find 33-year-old Nyana striking her own head and face with a hatchet. Damn. Imagine that, uh, Juggalo family. You know what a hatchet feels like in your hand. Yeah, it's heavy. Uh, uh, it's it's kind of sharp, but the power of it comes from the the shape. So you have like a weighted end, and you have the fulcrum at the end. So like the weight of the back of the hatchet when you come down on something is what splits. Mm-hmm. Imagine just taking that to your skull. Like, you don't have to hit something super hard with a hatchet to go through it. Like a piece of wood. It's like trying to bite down on a jawbreaker, but but with an axe in your forehead. What the fuck did you just say? You know how like you break your teeth on some shit? Yeah. But it's your forehead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the feeling that you get. Yeah. Ugh. I uh, broke a tooth and just last week. it's all cold. You know, That's a bad feeling, man. You know that old cold, smooth, white rock that you find at the lake? Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, smashing her skull. Now, when they're looking around the house trying to figure out why this lady, I mean, they subdue her, of course. Yeah. Because uh, that's what cops do. If you're trying to kill yourself, you can rest assured they're going to kick your fucking ass. Yeah. I mean, if you got caught in the middle of suicide and you're feeling at a low point in your life, you need someone to help you. Well, the cops will help you with a fucking ass kicking. Yeah, they'll cheer you right the fuck up. So they, you know, to to fucking disarm her, that's the thing that they got to worry about is no one wants to get hit with a hatchet. Yeah. And if you're irate, I mean, I get it. I'm not blaming them. Oh, yeah, I'm not blaming the cops here. I'm just saying they, like, they forcefully subdue her, uh, get her restrained, start looking around the house, and they find her four- and seven-year-old children. God damn. And they had been hacked to death. And when they start asking Nyana, she's screaming hysterically already because she's trying to cut her own fucking face off. Uh, She says that she's trying to kill herself because there's a ghost in the house that's trying to kill her. And it just killed the children. Damn. A ghost. To the police. Now, the police, uh, they take her to a hospital. She refuses treatment, which, you, you know, when you're... 
I don't know if it works like this when you're not under police watch. Yeah. I mean, now you're about to be charged with murder, probably, because uh, the likelihood, like, even if a ghost, like, think about, for number one, something I should have said up top, when it comes to ghost crime, yo, if you're a ghost, you can kill people so easily. For sure. Because no one's going to hear that shit. No. Uh, You know, if a ghost came into the room right now and put one in you, and I don't even have a gun, I'm still going to get blamed for it. Yeah. And I'm going to roll over on our producer, Mark, before, like, there's no way... I'm going to say, yo, a ghost popped into the room. I'm going to be like, yo, we're recording a podcast, a terrific podcast. And I guess Mark was mad about the ghost talk. And he pulled this fucking piece out and put one in Buddy's head. There's no gun, sir. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, Buddy was talking about cramming stuff in his ass earlier on YouTube. So I got a feeling that you should probably check there. (laughs) And then when the police take a look for the gun, they find nothing. I'll have a little laugh to myself because they got into your asshole and found nothing. Toilet paper. Yeah, toilet paper from you trying to scrape. Maybe a residual uh, fingernail. Yeah, if you want to hear Turd Talk, we're not going to give it to you on the podcast. Just tune into YouTube if you're a poopsman. Have you a look at our YouTube page, youtube.com backslash death metal dicks. Almost every podcast we record, we do about an hour up top on YouTube just to spice it up for those watching at home because at some point in time, fiscally, YouTube could be very beneficial. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so police make her get the medical treatment. So what I was wondering, like, let, let's say um, I was in a horrible accident, but I could still talk. If I went to the hospital, could I refuse medical treatment? Yes. Uh, most places you can. The way that that whole mental health shit works is you have to go in front of a judge. You have to have a court hearing. Uh, here in Arkansas, it's called a... I don't say it's an act. It's not an act. Ten, it's an act. Something, but anyway. Well, what if I'm dying? You're dying. Yeah, like what if I'm mortally wounded, but of enough speech power to refuse medical treatment? I have no fucking clue. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Anyway, basically, the question I'm having is: is like, did the police force her? Either way, because she's a suspect now, you know? Yeah. So I imagine that either way, she was going to have to stay alive. Yeah. You know? So she's saved surgery. It's like 20 hours of surgery to, to, to just, you know, I doubt that they're hitting her with like the best cosmetology, cosmetic surgery. They're probably just like, I guess we'll just try to keep her from fucking dying so we can send her to prison or whatever. Um, when she comes out of it, she's interviewed and she fucking doubles down. On the ghost shit, she's like, yeah, like, th- this fucking spirit came. Uh, it's an evil spirit that followed us from India. It's mad that we're in America and fucking killed my children in front of me and forced me to to hack myself to death with a hatchet. Yeah. Which it's like, you got to hear some of it because hatcheting yourself? Yo, the average person is not going to be hatcheting themselves more than one time. No. You know? So the only cadence towards the paranormal that is here to me is the idea that, you know, you you can't just, like if I wanted to go full juggalo mm-hmm. and suicide by hatchet. Yeah, I'm going to have a hard fucking time. Like uh-huh. I'm going to smack myself in the face with a hatchet one time and I have no idea how I would be able to continue doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the trajectory here? I don't know. How could you, you? Like, I don't think you could. I don't think there's any way you could hack yourself with a hatchet in the face more than one time. 
unless you're under the possession of an ancient spirit, you know, from India. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pissed off. Um, basically, she, uh, of course, went on trial for this shit. And uh, well, I say trial, but you know how there's like a pretrial where they de- they determine whether or not the suspect is going to be charged with which crime. Like before, there's like a preliminary hearing, right? Yeah. When it's like you're gonna be, you're gonna face capital murder or you're gonna face manslaughter. Uh, the her attorney was trying to ride for she, a few weeks earlier. I mean, it, it it does explain the whole thing but not a way that she could get out of it. A few weeks earlier, she had a miscarriage and they had put her on like postpartum depression medication. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that was the cause of it in a way, like in some way, you know, like she probably had some shit going on, but like she was drinking, she was under mental duress in in combination with some psychotic drugs. Yeah. Psychotic break. Uh, Yeah. And she, you know, she may have not taken the drugs the right way. You're right. She may have been drinking like there, any number of things could have caused that. But we all know that's never going to get you off of murder. No. You know? And so she didn't. She ended up getting charged with second-degree murder. Uh, still awaiting trial, which seems crazy to me because, again, this was in 2011. But, it's, you know, it's like it's one of those cases where it's a sensitive issue. And you do have to take into consideration the fact that you can't just cut your face. You can't nearly kill yourself with a hatchet. Yeah. So <laughs> that it's like the, like that. this is the point where the... Uh, the mental angle, you know, actually kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. Because we've talked about it before several times when we've talked about like a serial killer, the reason that they don't get away with the insanity defense a lot of the time is because they try to cover it up so that that indicates to the jury, like, yo, they knew it was wrong because they tried to hide the crime. But another thing too, you move from like a real rough place like India where everybody's poor and it's, you know, people are dead on the streets, you know, and shit like that. And you're thinking you're going to come to a place where you're going to be like, I'm going to provide a better living situation for my kids. I got one on the way. And then the one that's on the way dies and then you just break. Like you've had so much other shit happen and that's the thing that breaks you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me uh, in no way do I believe that there was a ghost involved. Yeah. Obviously. Neither did the court. Um, Next one, still in 2011, hot year for ghost murders uh, or paranormal murders, I should say. This is 11-11-11. Okay. There is a man named Stephen Anastasia. I'm having a fucking back spasm right now. Yeah. So it's hard for me to think. You need another beer? Yeah, I'm drinking beers. Uh, it's just, I probably just didn't drink enough water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, stay hydrated out there, dicks. Yeah. Make sure you keep a cup of water around and uh, don't cramp up. So Steven Anastasi shows up half naked to his neighbor's house on this morning. He's got his motherfucking cat with him. Now, you know, if you're outside and you got your dog, uh-huh. you're walking around together or even in your, I think a small dog in your arms. It's not often that you see a cat in the arms of a human outside. No. So that raises red flags to me. Yo, in the same airport, I saw somebody walking a cat. That's cool. Yak, is it? No, but... Because you know the cat doesn't want to be walked. Was it all like... (laughs) Man, man, you know exactly how that cat was. Have you ever tried to, like, get a cat to do something? Yeah. (laughs) A cat, dude. That's why, I mean, you can't... It's like... 
if you have something that you want the cat to do, which is usually like, like you're going to take a cat to a vet, you got to put the cat in a cat carrier and carry it to the veterinarian's office or whatever the case is that the cat doesn't want any part of anything you want it to do. If you want to pet the cat, if you know in your mind, yo, I would like to pet this cat. It ain't happening. No, uh, a cat only does what's in its interest. It doesn't care about you. It actually hates what you want it to do. They have an authority issue. Yeah, they have optional fine disorder. For sure. That's Cat City. Yeah. Anyway, that raises a red flag. You're the neighbor. Here comes this guy with a fucking cat in his arms. Sees him outside and he approaches him and says, man, y'all got to be careful. And they was like, oh, of? of? It's like, man, it's aliens. Oh. Aliens. Like, Mexico? Like, I've been seeing in the news. You know, they've been coming over. And like, no, 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 no. Yo, aliens from space. Mm. There is. Yeah, yeah, man. They're out here. Uh, someone killed my dad, and I, and, and I saw an alien last night. Whoa. Yeah. So, so you killed your dad. The neighbor's like, uh, yeah, man, all right. I'll keep my eyes to the sky. Goes inside of his house, calls 911 like any real motherfucker would. Yeah. In a white neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> now, yeah. Steven... As a well-known drug abuser, his dad was a beloved member of the community. He owned this shit called Farmer John's Produce. His name was uh, Johnny Anastasi. I mean, the dude worked 70 hours a week at his business. Yeah. Uh, everyone in his family hated his son because his son was a heroin addict. I mean, he had robbed, like, you know how bad a heroin addiction gets. Yeah. And you know the depravity that people are willing to go through to support their habit. Oh, yeah. So he, you know, he went through everything. Theft, strong arm robbery, burglary, stealing from his dad, stealing from everyone else in their family, burning every bridge that he could to get more heroin. So they had all treated him like shit and he had treated them like shit. So he didn't get along with the family, but his dad was a good dad, still believed in him, let him stay in the house. And basically what happened is that Stephen wanted to get more heroin. His dad didn't want to give him money. So Stephen waited until his dad was sitting at the table reading, not paying attention, snuck up on his awesome dad. Again, this guy, by all accounts, was a great human being because, like I say, I mean, he, he was also in his 70s working 70 hours a week to not only keep his business going, but to make sure that he had enough money to take care of his son, who's a goddamn adult, 28-year-old adult. And sat down at the table to enjoy a nice book. And his son, Stephen, came up and smacked him in the back of the head a few times with a hammer as hard as he could. Aliens. Well, you know, the thing is about aliens, man, is that they're like a psychic entity. Uh-huh. Like the real shit with aliens, man, is you got to think about it like this. There's there's such an advanced life form that they connect with you on a psychic level. Yeah. So when people have alien encounters... The reason that other people don't see the alien encounter happen is because it's happening to you psychically. They have chosen you to abduct, so they come from the dimension that they belong in to you, but you're the only person that can see them from the dimensional plane because they are trying to breach communication with you. Yeah. So no one else sees the aliens, only you do, because they want to abduct you. You're the target. They've chosen to communicate with you. They abduct you. They pull you up to the spaceship. You go through, you know, the, the tests, the probings, the talks, the enlightenment, uh, coming back shook as fuck. That's all psychological. Yeah. None of it's a physical happening. 
Like they hack your melatonin shit and your fucking dream. Melatonin. Yeah. They hack your melatonin. Do you take that pill? They're already in there, brother. <laughs> it's circular. Do, like you, do you take melatonin? Fuck no. Okay. Because uh, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. No, I can't. I don't take that shit. It doesn't work. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And if any of you guys out there take melatonin, I don't want to fuck your whole life up because I believe in the placebo effect. Yeah. Uh, if you take something and it works for you, great. Hell yeah. But uh, melatonin doesn't work. No, it it's doesn't. a farce. Anyway, um, <laughs> back to the alien shit. So, you know, the psychic entity, when it when it abducts you, you, you're not necessarily in control of your body. And if a nefarious alien wanted to make you smack your beloved father in the back of his head a few times with a hammer, that's well within their range of possibility. I mean, they're interdimensional. What dimension do we live in? Uh, fucking this one. And so if someone's from a more powerful, stronger, psychologically advanced dimension, but surely they could take the fucking strings of your marionette and smack someone with a hammer, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out, like... <laughs> The whole having a cat thing and just being creepy as fuck is not really like a heroin thing. A heroin thing's more like a uh, scratching and being like, fuck, I got to get high. Well, I don't blame the cat on the heroin. I just was saying, like, if someone walked over to my house with a cat, I'm ready to fight. Okay. I mean, I'm on guard. Yeah, I mean, that's they weird. They got a cat with them. The cats don't, cats aren't, you know what I'm saying? Oh, they're kicking your fucking ass. They're, 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 there's a weird bond going on there because yeah you like if you try to carry a cat <laughs> like you you can so i we have got one nice cat and one hell cat yeah and the nice one like you, you can pick it up and pet it for a minute but when it doesn't want that anymore it will fucking do like it will just turn into razors yeah it just fucking spins talking about old nubs there's no 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 that one's a shit like you can't touch that one uh, the other one you can uh she both, let me pet both. her yeah, but I'm, listen, man, shut the fuck up. I'm saying the one cat, you can pick it up and walk around with it and pet it. But when it decides enough is enough, yeah. you can't. It turns into razors. It just spins in circles with its claws and teeth, and you got to let go of it. Uh, you could, There's no way you could take the, even that nice cat and walk around the neighborhood with it. It's going to lose its goddamn mind and get out of your fucking arms. It doesn't want to be outside even, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that is what, again, uh, I'm, I'm prepared for anything if I see someone come up with a cat. Oh, yeah. If I'm a well-to-do white person, I've probably already dialed 911. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, smacked his dad in the in the back of the head with a hammer. Now, after that happens, uh, even though aliens psychologically took over his mind and, and hit his dad with a hammer that he has no recollection of, somehow uh, the aliens also dialed his heroin dealer, mm-hmm. had him come over to the house, and since there was nobody around... In the living room, they went ahead and shot up the heroin, had their heroin skeet happen, yeah, and then went together to acquire more heroin. But all under the direct, like, that's not something that Steven would have done. It was something the aliens would have done. That's yeah. what the aliens wanted for his body. Yeah. You know, so they, they did that to him. Well, maybe they were in the fucking heroin. Right. Yeah, perhaps. But he was already, yeah, perhaps. And so he came back from the heroin deal about three hours later. And uh, noticed that three hours after the aliens had forced him to strike his dad with a hammer, his dad was still alive. Damn. So Gorman and Wrigley on the floor. So he grabbed a kitchen knife and wanted to, uh, quote unquote, put him out of his misery. And so he stabbed him twice with a kitchen knife at the back of the neck. The second time just left it there. Covered him up with a blanket. Went about his business for the night. Woke up in the morning and went to warn his neighbors about the aliens. 
Okay. And that's when the cops found him. And of course, he blamed the entire thing on aliens. Uh, and then when he went to court, of course, the attorney tried to use the move that. And again, this doesn't ever work out. Now, I have seen cases where this gets people's charges lessened to manslaughter, but not in this one because he had like his whole family hated him. So his whole family were character witnesses saying like, yeah, he's like continuously a bad person. Yeah. He he shouldn't be free because he's got the propensity for shit like this regard. Like we always thought that he was going to kill him anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, attorney tries to get him off under the, the, the guys that the only reason he believed the alien shit is because he was so deep under the influence of heroin that all this happened. Uh-huh. So he shouldn't be responsible for the murder because of the heroin. That doesn't work, you know? So doing life in prison right now. No right. possibility of parole. We'll see that motherfucker later. He ain't coming back. So Unless he gets abducted. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, again, they could psychically suck him out of jail. That's abducted. He get a blowjob in space <laughs> and put back in the fucking... <laughs> Let me get abducted. Uh, yeah. So that's two dark stories so far. That's grim. Uh, but blaming, blaming... Paranormal other dimensional shit. beings. Yeah, it's something like, again, I understand, you know, you don't want to be responsible for a crime you committed. No, uh, nothing's worse than jail prison. I'd, I'd rather be dead. Yeah. You know, what about you? I don't know. I feel like I'd read a bunch of Jack off. Yeah. But you got like all the people you don't like. Oh yeah. And no way to get away from them. They're loud all the time. You can fuck them. Yeah, but do you want to? Mm, do they take a bath? <laughs> I mean, if they're under the threat of a fucking, I doubt it. Man, you, have you you know that uh, show Scared Straight? Yeah. Have you seen the one where that dude makes that kid comb his chest hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That's the funniest shit in television history. It, you know, uh, if you're not familiar with Scared Straight, it's like they take problem kids. Kids that live at home with their parents and they're just total shitheads. Yeah. Like, disrespect their parents, talk bad to them, uh, continuously get in trouble, smoking weed, shit like that. And, and and the kids that think they're hard, especially. Yeah. Like, kids that think they're in gangs, they're getting fights all the time. They take them into a scared straight program. Now, the, I did a scared straight program. It wasn't a TV one, but, like, I was acting an ass. So they forced me to go to a prison and, like, walk through it. Whoa. Again, it's not a TV one. Yeah. So, like, you know, the the one I went to, like, they just have inmates tell you, like, terrible shit. Like, yo, you get butt fucked in here. Like, men have sex with other men. And I wasn't even familiar with, like, what sex was. And I was yeah. like, all right. <laughs> you know, whatever. And then, like, they try to shake you up. They, like, give you the shitty meal, which is, like, what they just regular prison food. Yeah. And I was, like, a fat kid, you know. So they bring all the food out. Did you get the fucking loaf? Yo, they put the trays down, and it was like a goulash situation. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like uh, it was like unseasoned hamburger helper. Okay. And they put it down, and uh, like I'm eating it. No one else is eating their shit, and they're like, <laughs> they're like, <laughs> you fat fuck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, if you come in here, this is what you have to look forward to three times a day, every day. It never changes. You like food, and everyone's like, yeah, I like food, but I don't like this. And they're like, that's exactly it. You think you could live off of this full time? And I'm like, all the way done with it. And I take my neighbor's tray and pull it over. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done drank like three milks and shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> having a good old fucking time, man. Having a good old fucking time. 
Uh, yeah, that scary straight shit didn't work on me at all. And I was your grandparents a, straight. You're used to fucking slop, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because my grandparents do. We just cook <laughs> bullshit. My grandma was so like, fucking... I'm going to make you an open roast beef sandwich. <laughs> and it had like potatoes and gravy on the sandwich. And I was yeah. like, this is stupid. Yeah. Unseasoned, dude. It was, yeah, dude, it just was like chewy ass water, man. Yeah. That's what jail food's like. You know, it's weird with my, my grandma. I feel like she used to cook really well. But again, when you're a kid, you don't really know better. Yeah. Especially if you've been raised around it, but, uh, you know, she's got dementia and shit. So like once, like she hasn't cooked in like uh, shit, man, probably eight, nine years. Okay. But she used to cook a lot. I don't know if it was good, but it's, it's a weird thing to see. Like she was into cooking and then bam, brain fried and it went out the window. But yeah, I mean, that shit was hilarious. And like, I didn't do like the school made me go. They didn't make me. They suggested it to my grandparents Oh, they were all just because I was such a badass kid. Well, though, yeah, my grandpa's like, you'll never learn. You're not ever, you know, you yeah. got, you got to take a hard lesson. I had a great time. I mean, like I was out all day. Uh, the people in jail were like, you know, I knew I wasn't going to end up like yeah, I was yeah, yeah, also yeah. smart. Yeah, I was getting in trouble, too. My grandpa was a uh, state trooper. Yeah. And so one time he took me to the fucking sheriff's department, man, and they showed me the drunk tank. And I was like, man, this looks comfortable. Because it was just like <laughs> a padded-ass room. And then the guy was like, you see that stain right there? And I was like, yeah. He's like, that's piss. And I was like, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't much different than my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I still piss the bed. Man, I know you do. You, nah, piss, the, you piss the bed like a year ago, right? No, I mean, was I drunk when I did it? I mean, there's yeah. a, I mean, I, I mean, I remember, I feel like you told me. No, nah, man, what it was, was, uh, it wasn't a year ago, dude. I fucking, uh, was at, at uh, our old buddy's house, Poe. Yeah. And, uh, we had to house it for his sister. Yeah. And, uh, the kids were out of town and shit. I think, like, his nephew was, like, maybe eight or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But they, like, you know how those schools make you, like, we were in the era whenever the fucking, uh, Columbine shooting happened, so we had to get clear backpacks and mesh backpacks. Yeah, right. So I had to pee, but they put me in his nephew's bed, and I don't know where the fuck I'm at at all. And I'm yeah, trying to find the bathroom, right. and I had to pee right then and there. <laughs> I open the door up, man. There's a backpack. <laughs> and I fucking peed on that backpack soaking wet. And Poe walks <laughs> in and goes, hey, man, that's not the fucking bathroom. And I'm like, I, I had to go, dude. There's no. And he's like, man, just don't say nothing about it. So they didn't say shit, and his and his sister didn't say anything about it. So he just went to school with the pissy back. I did it to a cat, too. I peed yeah, on the cat, Yeah, too. I know. We talked about that before. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, but anyway, so jail's fucked up. You know, uh, the Scared Straight episode where this dude, it's like two of the kids, and this always happens in the Scared Straight episode. You know, it's like 10 kids. Eight of them break right away. Yeah. They're, they're already done with it, and they're still going to make them go through the whole day. But then there's always two that are like hard. Yeah. They're like, I don't give a fuck about this shit. Ain't nobody scaring me, motherfucker. I ain't doing shit. Y'all ain't shit. And they're like also little kids and huge prisoners. Yo, they have these three dudes that are just like hardened, super hardened criminals. And this guy's intro, he goes, uh, yo, I'm big dick. You know what they call me? Big dick. Cause I got a big dick and I swings it around here. Yo, I'm, I'm the big dog. This is my shit. Anyone acts out of line, I get in they shit with my big dick. And then he gets like, then they shit like, you know, and they, they like bleep it all out. So I'm sure like, Mark's stepdaughter's really loving this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they pull the kids in the room with big dick, right? And he's talking shit to the kids and it's the two tough kids and he sniffs them out right away. He's like, oh, you a tough guy. You with that tough shit. I can smell that shit. You ain't shit, little bitch. I'm a big dick. 
You know why they call me Big Dick? Because I got a big dick and I put it in, motherfuckers. I'm going to do it to you. That's right. I'm going to do it to you and then I'm going to tell, I'm going to sell your boy pussy for zoop zoops and flim flams. Zoop zoops and flim flams. No idea what that is. Those are fireworks. And then, yeah, then there's another. Jailhouse fireworks. Yo, there's another guy with him. He says, that's right. You a bitch around here. Comb my motherfucking chest hair. And then there's another kid sitting next to me. He's like, you two stand up, little white motherfucker. Comb my motherfucking chest hair. And then Big Dick goes, give me the comb. <laughs> Fucking hands the comb to the other guy. Hands it to the kid. And the 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 uh, the younger black kid, there's like a white kid and a black kid. You know the white kid's way more shook up. Yeah. The, black, the white kid's like, oh my God. The black kid's like, I'm not combing that shit. He's like, you combing that shit. Don't make it hurt. You actually don't hurt that shit. That dude, that kid, a kid combs this grown man's chest hair on A&E, on arts and entertainment television. Yeah. He combs this grown murderer's chest hair. It's an art. And then, yeah, you're right about that. Man. That's a fair point. Then they make the white kid comb the motherfucking chest hair. Also an artist. Outrageous. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like a fun time. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to, I would love to know where that kid's at today. Cohen Chester's in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either that, maybe he became like a cosmetologist. Like, what if he was into it? Yeah. He turned it into a chest a chest. Then he's just like doing chest hair only. Well, you know how like barbering is like a cool thing now? Yeah. Uh, or it was. It's probably cool in Arkansas, but everywhere else is like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he might be doing some of that shit. Yeah. You know when I thought barbering was cool was when we used to go to that uh, urban haircutting place. That dude, Tim. Yeah. It was a car wash, a barber shop, and they also sold bootleg Jordans. Yeah. Pretty fucking cool, man. And he produced uh, rap CDs. Yeah, too. that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, that guy was awesome. He's still around, man. He's still kicking. Yeah. I, I just don't, not that I, don't, I don't cut my hair, you know. Yeah, did he wreck cool. Did you say anything to him? Yeah. Of course you did. Did he re- did you did you go up to him? Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah, why do you do that? I just got to figure out something, man. You more than anyone else will just approach people and speak to them. Yeah. I can't. I don't like that. I like it because most people don't like it. I you see you say stuff like that, but I don't think that's the case. Okay. I think you just like to talk to people. When I'm drunk. No, man, you do a sober too, dude. Oh, you I will. Just yeah. be in a Walmart and go speak with somebody. I like to speak. Like you told me, you saw a dude wearing a USA wrestling shirt, so you just went up and made conversation with him. Yeah, I was trying. Even to find, though you I don't just wrestle. like to find some nasty shit, man. Why would you think a guy You build a trust that will come back and talk to you <laughs> And then you keep building that trust And they're like yo you know This one time I sucked this dude's butt Yeah that sounds like way more complicated Than you just want to actually speak with You gotta him. have a game plan Alright Like I said before when you're working with pork <laughs> Slow marinade man That old trope Yeah that's true. that's true You gotta break that meat down Yo so Let's hop into another paranormal murder uh, You ever heard of the show Ghost Adventures? Yep Okay well there was a couple that were paranormal investigators that would regularly appear on the show named Mark and Debbie Constantino. Oh, which yeah. is like, uh, you know, are you familiar? I already, I already know about this case. Actually. Constantina. That's cool. Usually aren't hip to the. Aren't hip to the cases. Uh, it depends on what it is. All right. Well, I, I, I don't remember this. I'm sure it was a big deal. When I saw a documentary, the guy from Ghost Adventures made where he bought a fucking crazy house that was like haunted by a demon and shit. Really? Which it, I think it actually co- comes into this story. Okay. Well, so, all right. So here's the deal. Um, 
they had a hostage standoff, right? So it was like, um, I mean, I'll say it up top. The, the guy was a piece of shit. Okay. Mark, like he beat Debbie regularly. Had, yeah. had caught a mini a charge. So they should have definitely looked into that before they hired this guy to be on TV, I think. Yeah. You know? Uh, it, I mean, it had been going on for years. He was just a shithead. Uh, which is like, he isn't... At, at, if you're if you're not knowingly a shyster, is that racist? I don't know what the fuck that means. I mean, neither do I. That's what I just want to make sure. But it, like a scam artist, if you're like a scam artist, uh, I can see that. But it, usually, hunting, like trying to speak with the dead, is like some spiritual esque shit. Yeah. So it's weird to be like a spiritual person and also smack your girlfriend around. Yeah. To me, I mean, I don't know. I saw the uh, man. I read this fucking crazy thing today, where uh, I can't think of the guy's name right now. But he's like a he's like a punk. It's like punk. Have you ever heard of punk rock Dharma? The Dharma, yeah, I've read that book. So that dude has apparently just been raping the fuck out of women out there. Oh, it didn't surprise me because he does like uh, AA type shit. Yeah, he yeah he goes and talks to prisons about Buddhism. Yeah. He's I all, mean, you know that that person's a shit anyway. Yeah, I mean, you can tell by his book when you read it. It's fucking stupid. Why would you read that book? Uh, It was like when I was getting clean and shit, somebody gave it to me because it was like an alternative fucking thing. Because they're always like, you got to find your higher power. And it was like one of the things that they had that wasn't about Jesus. Like, I'll just fucking read this shit. I got time for it, you know? Yeah. But, eh. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yo, actually, uh, I hate to sidetrack. We're going to come back. To this case, but uh, I don't want to be a fucking ding dong. We, uh, so yesterday I made a post on the Instagram, uh, the fucking picture of the guy. That's the dude that killed his dad. Okay. Right. So I, I made, I basically put a thing on there. that was like, yo, um, what's your best guess on what crime this guy committed? Well, he got possessed by aliens and killed his fucking dad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A lot of funny responses we got on that. Uh, lead pencil said that his crime, I, I told people to guess the crime. I mean, it's like a deranged looking dude. Yeah. When they took the picture, you know how they, they are about taking people's pictures on the way into trial. Yeah. It's like always your craziest fucking expression they'll get. Yeah. Well, this dude looks insane. So it could have been anything. Uh, some very hilarious ones that I saw, uh, eating all the asses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, against a lot public diarrhea. Yeah. That was, uh, Alan Jukes. We got uh lead pencil, which I think is Ian. Mackay. Yeah, Ian Mackay sniffing bicycle seats at the public library. Uh, what were some other funny ones? He impregnated Ginger and his buddy's dad. That's got to be somebody that knows you. Uh, I don't know. No, it's not. Somebody that's just a fucking big time listener. Yeah. Remembered your mom, Ginger's name. Yeah. And uh, said he's your dad. I think that's going to be number one. Knowing your... Uh, that is... El Descabizado on Instagram thinks that his crime was impregnating Ginger and is your dad. That is certainly a crime. You shouldn't be alive. Oh, yeah. Number one. Now I've been asking <laughs> why that ever happened. <laughs> uh, someone had sex with your mom. That should absolutely be a felony. For sure. Yeah. That's gross. Uh, yeah, so check. So the standoff, it, it, it unfolded in response to an investigation and neighboring Reno, Nevada, involving the shooting death of another man earlier on Tuesday. Uh, police had tried to investigate that case, and they determined that one of the deceased man's roommates, Debbie, was missing. 
Police tracked her cell phone down and found her inside an apartment with Mark, who had been separated from her. Um, Sparks Police Department told um, the fucking cops, uh, and they called in the SWAT team because there was a weapon involved. Yeah. So the SWAT team comes in, they evacuated the area, locked locked it down. You know how the SWAT team does it? It's like if you know that there's a, a fucking active shooter situation. You can't just go charge it in because there's, oh, there's no. like, neighbors and shit. You that, know what I mean? One time a SWAT team had a stand-up with my mom. We talked about this on the podcast before. Okay. Well, they asked, like, sure. does she have guns? And like, yeah. yeah. Well, next thing you know, it's uh, fucking people are getting up in the trees and shit. And yeah, like, oh, right. Fuck. Well, because the thing is, man, and, like, again, I'm not pro-cop. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, no one wants to die. No. And you also, like, their literal job is to protect people. So there's, there's neighbors, and yeah. guns will fire for a long way. So if someone has a gun and just starts popping it off, they got to like try to get the neighbors out of there and lock the area down before they make a move against them. Yeah. You know, they're trying to save the lady's life, but if they just come running in, the guy pops off rounds. Like cops are getting shot, neighbors are getting shot, you know, whole mess. So they take the time to lock it down. Um, fucking Mark told the police to just give him 15 minutes to gather his thoughts or he's going to kill her. So immediately over the phone with the police threatens to take her life. Um, police negotiators tried to talk to him. It took three hours for them to get into the house. And when they got in, they found Mark and Debbie both dead. Uh, and now Mark had already been charged with kidnapping and domestic abuse of her. And she had a protective order against him again, because they had been separated because the guy was a piece of shit. You know, he was domestically abusing her. Now, yeah. the paranormal angle to the house is that, that the dude, uh, Zach Baggins. He's the host of the show. Uh, and I don't want to fuck this up. I, this is again, one of those things where I've never watched a show before. Uh, I, I don't, I fucking hate those shows. Cause it's always the same shit. It's like, they go into something haunted, they get inside of it and they set up cameras and they set up detectors. And so like their detector always goes off. Uh, there's always a noise that you don't hear to start with. And the host is, what was that? Yeah. Did you guys hear that? And then they'll go to the audio and it'll be like, and then they'll slow the audio down and doctor it up. And it'll sound like, fuck my fucking pussy, John. Like, whoa, we got a horny one on our hands. And then, uh, you know, but nothing's ever seen. Nothing's ever proven. Like not shit ever happens on them. And the shit that does happen is like clearly doctored. And I just hate those shows. So anyway, I don't, I'm not, I know again that there's more people I know there's people out there that love this shit though. Yeah, like it, like they're hugely popular shows. So if there's a there's a documentary. I think it's on Prime. It's called Demon House. Okay, and it's got him in it. And yeah, uh, he buys this house. That's got, it's a pretty popular case. Yeah, of uh, demonic possession where there's you know there's interviews with like DHS workers where they think they're abusing the kids because they won't eat, and then you know they're hearing all this like voices and shit, and yep, they're freaking out whatever and he buys the house and goes to go stay in it and there's like a couple things where i guess like th- this lady that you're talking about that passed away was helping this family out and uh she passed away and then there was like another lady that was involved in the case that passed away and then uh there was a guy that brought in to, to read some kind of like different frequencies yeah and um they're filming him and he starts to have like extreme Medi- like medical shit go on where he's in a hospital and yeah it's kind of a weird thing but I mean it's just also there's like a camera guy that loses his shit in the middle of it and he's talking about killing people and fucking they gotta kick him off the show cause something's not right you know just stupid shit like that but um but they talked about that case specifically where her husband had killed 
her and then she was talking about uh he was talking about how he had a dream about this particular demon and she called him and explained it to him because she had seen the demon herself and said does he look like this and I was like yeah i've seen him before he's here i've talked to him today he's been he's been talking to my husband he's been doing all this other shit and then yeah. like next thing you know husband kills kills her yeah so. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I'm glad that you had the story down like that because yeah. I was uh, you did a great job. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, that that documentary is wild, and that shit is wild. But again, uh, these are people who are professionally like they're they're on the hook to get paid by doing that. Well, if you look up Zach Baggins, it says American actor, right? So, and also her husband had abused her prior to that. Yeah. Uh, before they ever came in contact with that house at all, they had a really fucked up relationship. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like uh, it's not like that shit started once they came in contact with that quote unquote demon. Yeah, well, something got him. Something got a hold of him. Yeah, probably like the liquor demon, perhaps the old cocaine demon. Yeah, I don't know. Does cocaine make people beat? It doesn't. Nothing makes you do something like that. Like, uh, you know, PCP. No, I think that if you have the propensity to do that, uh, and you have in your mind, like, yo, I'm going to smack this fucking woman around. Uh And then you live with that. You think that in your head, like you make yourself okay with that. And then you do some shit like PCP or get fucking drunk out of your mind continuously. You Uh think about doing it. I think that that can lend to you doing that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, Next fucking case we got to talk about. Now, no direct murders happened as a uh, as a result of this, but um, this is just another... This is old school, right? So the reason I wanted to do an old one is because it's like, if you committed a murder in the... Probably from the beginning of time until like the mid-19s, you could easily say that you murdered somebody uh-huh. because a spirit possessed you. Uh-huh. And that would be actually investigated and a lot of time believed. I mean, look at the Salem witch trials. For sure. Olden day murder blamed on entities is way more likely to be believed than today. Because, man, you know, the problem with thinking about cool shit like the afterlife from a religious angle or from... A, I like the idea of there being a ghost when you die is that there would be evidence by now. Yeah. You would think, I mean, yeah, you, you know, of course you can't say for certain, but it's like, yo, I mean, we have cracked many a case, uh, that Higgs bassoon, Higgs bassoon, Higgs um, boson particle, boson particle. Bassoon. <laughs> it's fucking spelled like bassoon. That's your butt. What's bassoon? <laughs> it's like an instrument, right? It's like a from 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 Anyway, the Higgs boss. Ever seen a big pussy before? Yeah. That's a bassoon poon. <laughs> bassoon poon. But yo, um Yeah, like that that dark matter shit, right? Yeah. They found that. Mm-hmm. You know, they split atoms. Like as far as information is gone with the internet and the openness of communication. Don't you think by now there would be some evidence that there is anything paranormal? Sure. But there's none. None. For any of it. I mean, across the board. Yeah. 
No Bigfoot evidence. No alien evidence. Yeah. No ghost evidence. No God evidence. No Satan evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm starting to feel like none of this shit's real. Yeah. Right? I don't know, man. The alien thing is kind of a, you know, because they're always saying that they're... Uh, you know what? You're absolutely life. right about the alien aspect because you got to think about this. Now, I've been on every single social media platform for years telling you that I was going to get blacklisted, taken away from you people by the CIA, who is in fact controlled by an elite group of reptilian aliens that come from the planet Nibiru. Now, the thing about it is, is that up in the sky, there's a certain code of conduct for aliens. As far as social media, they're not free like we're supposed to be here in America. They're tyranny. They lock down the internet. They don't allow you to post the videos you want to online. So they took their society, brought it down to the planet Earth, and and, and forced me under their tyranny through Mark Zuckerberg, through Jeff Bezos, through George W. Bush's 9-11 paintings. They took me off of the air. You have a, you do actually have an Alex Jones stutter sometimes. Yeah. I like it. That started recently. What's wrong with me? Mm. That's a new thing. Losing it, man. Uh, I, like that. See? Oh, no. Uh, I kind of yeah, draw. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's new. You sound like a fucking. <laughs> it's uh, new. You sound like I, SpongeBob laughing. I've, <laughs> I've noticed it over like the last two or three months. Yeah. I think it's because of like talking. So much that, that I've got b- between stand up podcasts, I speak so much. I think I have a subconscious problem with there being nothing when I'm talking. I also clearly love the way that my voice sounds. Yeah. Speak too much. Do you jerk off? Yeah. How many times? Through a week, let's say. Through a week? Man, it depends. Uh, am I having a good week? Am I pounding? Yeah. Okay. I much prefer that, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, tr- you know, usually I'll go a few days without uh, jacking off. Just, get, because, you know, uh, here's some corny shit. It's about to be, um, we've, I've been together with my wife for 10 years and uh, I'm fucking more attracted to her than ever. So I try to hold out for that. Yeah. You know, I like to <laughs> blast big ones in the cave. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, when you're not though, you know, it's, it's like a Missy Elliott song I once heard. I think it goes something like, "Are you jerking? Cause you're worth it." Something like that. Man, great job, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got we got one more, and this one is a do's a ruse because it, um, it's got several angles, uh, several different angles, and there's some paranormal fuckery at play and a lot of it because it was in a small town in fucking Iowa in the early 1900s which I feel like is the in, in the early 1900s the epicenter of dumb fuckery yeah. because it's not in the north it's not in the south it's like farmland in the middle of nowhere so there's no cultural influence yeah it's, it's where just, there's like nine members of band start playing music and then they have your favorite song is that not my favorite song what's your favorite song of all time yeah Ooh, man, that's a tough one. I can't tell. I don't know what my favorite song off the top is. Probably uh, present day, probably uh, Kingdom Come, man. That's probably my favorite song. Okay, yeah. You know? They redeems the creams. 
I don't need to redeem myself. But no, I mean, like Duality's never been my favorite song. Oh, I thought it was your favorite song. Dude, no, it's just a hard song. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it was like discussion the whole time. I just said it's a hard song, yeah. and you uh, made it into a big deal. Anyway, God the damn internet, it. Dude. We just brought it up because of Iowa. So, this is the Velasca Axe Murders that happened in Velasca, Iowa, of course. The town in southwestern Iowa. Six members of the Moore family and two house guests were found by police bludgeoned in the Moore residence. All eight victims, including six children, had severe head wounds from an axe. A lengthy investigation would yield several suspects, one of whom was tried twice. Uh, the first trial ended in a hung jury, the second in an acquittal. The thing about this shit and the reason why that their paranormal shit can be kind of skirted around, like what blows people's mind about it? It's, it's unsolved. Uh, and again, it's Iowa. So I'm not given a pass to the judicial system there in 1912. The Moore family was the parents of Josiah B, Sarah and their four children, Herman, Mary Catherine, Arthur Boyd and Paul Vernon. They had a lot of money. Everyone in the community knew and liked them, of course, because if you're in the 1900s in the middle of Iowa and you've got money, you're the fucking guy. They went to a Presbyterian church. Uh, they went to a Children's Day program the same day. Sarah Moore was the person who set that all up. It was over at 9.30 p.m. They went back to the house between 9.45 and 10 p.m. At 7 a.m. the next day, Mary Peckham, who was the Moore's neighbor, was concerned that no one from the Moore family had come out to do their morning chores. So she went and knocked on their door. When nobody answered, she tried to open the door. It was locked. So she was like, yo, I'll just do what I can, I guess, and started doing their chores for them, which is some real sweet, down-home, wholesome Iowa shit. Yeah. She let the chickens out, uh, called Ross Moore, which was Josiah Moore's brother. And like Peckham, Moore received no response when he knocked on the door. He shouted. He unlocked the front door with his copy of the house key while Peckham stood on the porch. Uh, Moore first went into the parlor, opened the guest bedroom door, and that's where he found Ina and Lena Stillinger's bodies on the bed. Uh, and that's when he told them to call Hank Vernon, which was what was called a peace officer, which, you know, I, I assume in the 1912s, uh, peace officer to me sounds like some Wyatt Earp shit. Yeah. Like they're from the fucking West. They weren't exactly a cop, but they kept the peace in town. So it's a you, constable, man. If you, if you came through slinging bullshit, they, they pop a peace on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so they, they call up the peace officer. Uh, he, he goes in and investigates the whole house finds that everybody's been bludgeoned to death. The murder weapon is an axe that belonged to Josiah. It was found in the guest room where the Stillinger sisters were found, which would, you know, probably indicate that they were the last victims. Damn. Doctors decided that the murders had taken place between midnight and 5 a.m. There was two cigarettes in the attic that suggested the killer or killers patiently waited in the attic until the Moore family and the Stillinger guests were asleep. Which is super weird because, you know, this is like a wholesome, rich Christian family. They don't smoke cigarettes, so it's like, yo, uh, do you not smell the fucking smoke in the air, my guy? Um, in the master bedroom, they they police basically piece it together. That's where they went first, where Josiah and Sarah Moore were asleep. Josiah received more blows from the axe than any other victim. He was a big guy, uh, hardworking farmer. You know, you, you got to take that guy out. Yeah. You can't let him get up. His face had been cut to such an extent that both of his eyes were missing. They used the blade of the axe on Josiah and used the blunt end of the axe on everyone else. So it seems way more fucked up. Yeah. 
because uh, you would think that a quicker death would come from the fucking blade of it. They proceeded to, but maybe they got grossed out by the eyes, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they proceeded into the children's rooms and bludgeoned Herman, Catherine, Arthur, and Paul in the head in the same manner as their parents with the you know broad part of the axe. They returned to the master bedroom to inflict more blows on the elder Morse, who were definitely already dead, knocking over a shoe that had been filled all the way up with blood before moving downstairs to the guest bedroom where they killed Ina and Lena. How the fuck did you not get out of the house at that point? Investigators believe that all the victims, except for Lena Stallinger, had been asleep when murdered. They thought she was awake and tried to find back. Uh, she was found lying crosswise on the bed with a defensive wound on her arm. She wasn't the one that just took it right to the face while they were asleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that led to law enforcement speculation that the killer sexually molested her or attempted to do so. Damn. Now, again, no technology, no cameras. This is in Basilica, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah well, you know, the big paranormal angle, it's not like I have a big reveal to do. It's allegedly one of the most haunted places in America. There's a movie Yeah, they made about it. Sure. Uh, but it's super haunted now. Allegedly. Okay. And perhaps was then. Um, you know, they, they, they came up with a ton of suspects for it. We'll just go over a few of them. Uh, Andrew Sawyer, um, he was a transient. Basically, anyone that they saw passing through town or close to town got rounded up. Because, again, uh, you know, on some Wyatt Earp shit, people did travel through the country a whole lot. And it wasn't like you would just get in a car and drive through. Well, most small towns, you know everybody except for the people that are coming through. Exactly. And people did that a lot. So it was not like it was out of the ordinary. Um, none, Andrew Sawyer got picked up. No evidence linked him to the crime. But his name came up in grand jury testimonies over and over again. According to Thomas Dyer of Burlington, Iowa, a bridge foreman and pile driver for the Burlington Railroad, uh, Andy Sawyer had approached his crew in Creston at 6 a.m. on the morning of the murders were discovered. He said that Sawyer was clean shaven and wearing a brown suit when he arrived. His shoes were covered in mud and his pants were wet nearly to the knees. He came up and asked for employment, which, again, isn't unusual, uh, Dyer needed men and he gave him a job on the spot. Dyer testified that later the, in the evening um, when the crew reached Fontanale, Iowa, Sawyer purchased a newspaper and went off by himself to read it. The newspaper carried a front page account of the, how do you say it? Basilica. Basilica. Murders. And according to Dyer, Sawyer was very interested in it, uh, which, you know, kind of set off some bells. Dyer's crew complained that Sawyer slept with his clothes on and was anxious to be by himself. They were pretty uneasy by that and the fact that he was investigating the murder so well. And uh, the guy slept with an axe next to him. And he talked about the Basilica murders and whether or not a killer had been apprehended. Uh, he had told Dyer that he had been in Basilica that Sunday night and had heard of the murders. And afraid of being taken as a suspect, he had left and gone to Creston. Dyer was suspicious and turned him over to the sheriff on June 18, 1912. Dyer later testified that prior to the sheriff's arrival, he walked up behind Sawyer. He was rubbing his head with both hands and suddenly jumped up to himself and said, I will cut your goddamn heads off. At the same time, he made striking motions with the axe, hitting the wood piles in front of him. Dyer's son, J.R., testified that one day as the crew drove through Basilica, 
Sawyer told him he would show Jr. where the man who killed the Moore family got out of town. He said the man that did the job jumped over a manure box, which he pointed out one and a half blocks away, and then showed where he crossed the railroad track. Jr., the guy's son, of course, uh, said where the footprints in the soggy ground north of the embankment. Sawyer told Jr. to look on the other side of the car and said he would show him an old tree where the murderer stepped into the creek. According to J.R. Dyer, he looked over and saw such a tree south of the track four blocks away. Sawyer was dismissed as a suspect in the case because when officials learned that he could prove he had been in Osceola, Iowa, the night of the murders, because he had been arrested for vagrancy there, uh, they called the sheriff and he recalled putting him on a train to send his ass away approximately 11 p.m. that evening, which is hilarious. Uh, the being caught as a vagrant in a town in the middle of Iowa just got your He's like, yeah, let's put this motherfucker on a train and get him out of here. Everyone's stinking the place up. Isn't that how Rambo started? Yeah. Dude, if a cop picks him up for being a va- for vagrancy. Yeah, dude. What a lot of people don't understand about First Blood, uh, that's the ultimate all cops are bastards movie. Oh, man. If you want to see police getting blown to fucking bits yeah. for two hours. You got to take a look at First Blood. There's like one nice cop in the whole thing, and then like the rest of them just get it. Yeah, they're all aggro at him. Yeah, but dude, it starts off with a cop being a regular shithead-ass cop. Yeah. Rambo's just walking through town. A fucking war hero, yeah. mind you. A man that had carried the country on his back for yeah. nothing. Yeah. Had his life destroyed at the expense of uh, old glory. Mm-hmm. Gets picked up by a sheriff who himself claims to be a military man. Tells Rambo that he was not even part of the military. Treats him like shit. Yeah. Makes him get out of town. Tries to. Well, yeah. He ain't going nowhere. Gives him a ride and he turns back the fuck around and heads back to town. Yeah, of course. Then they pick him up and arrest him. And then some when he gets out of there after kicking all the cops' asses, yeah. the kid on a dirt bike comes by. He grabs him by the shirt. Yep. Yanks him the fuck off. Revs the engine and gets the fuck out. And hunts him down. Man, I love First Blood, brother. Man, I like all the Rambos. Yeah, that's the best one, though. For sure. The new one's pretty hot. Oh, yeah, lots of guts. <laughs> uh, second suspect, Reverend George Kelly. He was an English-born traveling minister who was in town the night of the murders. Kelly was described as peculiar. And he reportedly suffered a mental breakdown as an adolescent. As an adult, he was doing weird shit like peeping several times, asking young women and girls to pose nude for him. On June 8, 1912, he came to Basilica to teach at the Children's Day Services. Oh. Big surprise, which the Moore family attended on June 9th, 1912. He left town between 5 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. on June 10th, 1912, hours before the bodies were discovered. Reverend Kelly had even confessed to the murders in court, but the jury didn't believe his confession. In the weeks that followed, he displayed a fascination with the case and wrote many letters to the police, investigators, and family of the deceased. This aroused suspicion, and a private investigator wrote back to Reverend Kelly asking for details that the minister might know about the murders. Kelly replied with great detail, claiming to have heard the sounds and had possibly witnessed the murders. His known mental illness made authorities question whether he knew the details because of having committed the murders or was imagining his account. In 1914, two full years after the murders, Kelly was arrested for sending obscene material through the mail. He was success- He was sexually harassing a woman who for- applied for a job as a secretary. 
He was sent to the St. Elizabeth's Hospital, which is a national mental hospital in Washington, D.C. Investigators speculated again that Kelly could be the murderer of the Moore family. 1917, he was officially arrested for the Vasilica murders. Police obtained a confession from him. However, it followed many hours of interrogation, and Kelly later recanted. After two separate trials, this motherfucker was acquitted. Sounds like the motherfucking killer to me. Again, 1900, Iowa. A lot of dumb motherfuckers. A lot of real dumb motherfuckers out there. Uh, Frank F. Jones. Frank Fernando Jones was a Basilica resident and an Iowa state senator. Josiah Moore had worked for Frank Jones at his implement store for many years before leaving to open his own store. Moore reportedly took business away from Jones, including a very successful John Deere dealership. Moore was rumored to have a sexual affair with Jones' daughter-in-law, though no evidence would support this. Hmm. Another theory was that Gen- Senator Jones hired William Blackie Mansfield, wonder why he was called that, to murder the Moore family. It is believed that Mansfield was a serial killer because he murdered his wife, infant child, and parents-in-law with an axe two years after the Basilica crimes. He is believed to have committed the axe murders in Paola, Kansas. Four days before the Vasilica crimes, he was also suspected in the double homicide of Jenny Peterson and Jenny Miller in Illinois. Each crime was accessible by train, and all the murders were carried out in virtually the same manner. Mansfield was released after a special grand jury of Montgomery County refused to indict him on the grounds that his alibi checked out. Nine months before the murders at Basilica, a similar case of axe murder occurred in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The axe murderer cases followed in Ellsworth, Kansas and Paola, Kansas. The cases were similar enough to raise the possibility of having been committed by the same person. Other murders reported as possibly being linked to these crimes include the numerous unsolved axe murders along the Southern Pacific Railroad from 1911 to 1912. The unsolved axemen of New Orleans killings, very interesting, as well as several other such murders during the time period. The murders in Colorado Springs were closely related in execution to those in the Morehouse. Nine months before the Basilica murders, H.C. Wayne and his wife and child, Mrs. A.J. Burnham, were found dead in Colorado Springs, murdered by axes. The Colorado Springs police found it difficult to believe that the same person could perpetrate a similar crime in a city as such as the Vasilica murders. Uh, in the Vasilica murders, bedsheets were used to cover the windows to prevent possible passerbys from looking in. At the Moore house, the murderers hung aprons and skirts to cover the windows. Damn. As in the murders in Vasilica, the murderer in Colorado Springs wiped the blood off his axe and covered the heads of victims with bedclothes. Mansfield was also the primary suspect of the Burns Detective Agency of Kansas City and Detective James Newton Wilkerson, who suggested that he was a cocaine-addicted serial killer. According to contemporary news reports, Wilkerson believed Mansfield was responsible for the axe murders of his wife, infant child, father-in-law, and mother-in-law in Blue Island, Illinois, on July 4, 1914, two years after the Basilica murders. The axe murders committed in Paola, Kansas, four days before the Basilica murders, and the murders of Jenny Peterson and Jenny Miller in Aurora, Illinois. According to Wilkerson's investigation, all of the murders were committed in precisely the same manner, indicating that the same man probably committed them. Wilkerson stated that he could prove the Mansfields were present 
in each of the different crime scenes on the night of the murders. In each murder, the victims were hacked to death with an axe and the mirrors of the homes were covered, which is some crazy shit. The mirrors are covered. Yeah. Like, yo, what's the, cause that's some spirit shit. You know what I mean? But my thing is like, you got to at least know those people to a degree to be able to start throwing covers over shit. You think so? Think, Why is that? Dude, have you, okay. Have you ever made a fucking uh, blanket tent with your kids? Yeah. It, you don't just throw up the blanket and kapow, it's done. It like takes a little bit to like figure out where to put things oh, at yeah, so they I don't fall you. down and shit. Yeah. And the weight of the blanket, you know, if you're so trying you're to. You're talking about basically like putting it over mirrors and putting it on windows. I'm talking about windows and maybe not a mirror, you know, but yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, um, a burning lamp with the chimney off was left at the foot of the bed and a basin in which the murderer washed was found in the kitchen. In each case, the murderer avoided leaving fingerprints by wearing gloves, which Wilkerson believed was strong evidence that the man was Mansfield, who knew his fingerprints were on file at the federal military prison in Leavenworth. Wilkerson managed to convince a grand jury to open an investigation in 1916 and Mansfield was arrested and brought to Montgomery County from Kansas City. Payroll records, however, provided an alibi that placed Mansfield in Illinois at the time of the Basilica murders. He was released for a lack of evidence and later won a lawsuit that he filed against Wilkerson and was awarded $2,225, which is in 1916, which today would probably be $200,000, right? Yeah. Wilkerson believed that pressure from Jones resulted not only in Mansfield's release, but also the subsequent arrest and trial of Reverend Kelly. However, R.H. Thorpe, a restaurant owner from Shenandoah, Iowa, identified Mansfield as the man he saw the morning after the Basilica mortars boarding a train in Clarindia. The man said he had walked from Basilica. If that was proven to be true, this testimony could disprove Mansfield's alibi. Furthermore, it was reported that Miss Vena Tompkins of Marshalltown was on her way to testify that she heard three men in the woods plotting the murder of the Moore family shortly before the killings. Henry Lee Moore was another suspected serial killer who was not related to the Moore family at all. Uh, He was convicted of the murder of his mother and grandmother several months after the murders in Basilica. His weapon of choice being an axe. Now, at the time, an axe is like, everyone's got an axe, you know? Yeah. So it's like, that doesn't necessarily tie people to the murder to me. Yeah. I mean, if you kill someone uh, in the heat of the moment in 1912, again, people, everyone's got a fireplace. Everyone's got a wood stove. Mm-hmm. To get the wood the right size to put in that shit, you got to cut it up with an axe. Yeah. Everyone's got a fucking axe. So... That's not that much of a similarity to me. Uh, Very similar axe murders committed on his mother and grandmother were committed. All the cases showed striking similarities leading to strong suspicion that some or all the crimes were committed by an axe murdering serial killer. And just like Blackie Mansfield, the axe murdering Henry Moore can also be considered a suspect in some of those slangs. Uh, Last suspect was Sam Moyer. In the inquest, it was reported that Sam Moore, who was Josiah's brother-in-law, often threatened to kill Josiah Moore. However, same thing, alibi shit, pulled him off of it. Now, the big deal with this house and this setup is that when you have a murder that's unsolved Mm -hmm. uh, in a place that's essentially in the middle of the woods, turn of the century. Uh, you can have several theories trying to blame certain people. You see that the reverend, like several things could have happened. Honestly, the most likely thing to me, uh, again, they found two cigarette butts in the house. Probably 
that preacher guy and perhaps one of those serial killer dudes had crossed paths and, and all been into the same weird shit and wanted to murder him. So they did it together. Sounds like a two person job to me. Yeah. You know, putting blankets up, man. Exactly. That, and you, and you're right. Like hanging a blanket up over a window is a motherfucker. Yeah. Like you got to fucking, I mean, you try to thumbtack it. Like, what are you going to do in the, in 1912? I don't know. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. That or you knew them. You know, one of the two. Two dudes or you knew the people. And they're like, how come you hang out the money? I'm trying to hang it up to drive, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, pro- probably definitely two people as opposed to knowing them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So the, the, the folklore goes as such that uh, people say that the reason that they were murdered is either a, that they had angered spirits mm-hmm. and a demon from hell, which is uh thought the same thing about the ax man in new Orleans. Yeah. Like the thing with that is that uh, he was an ax man that came from hell claimed to be Satan himself. And if he didn't play jazz, he would come to your house and murder you. Yeah. So everyone fucking played jazz. <laughs> yeah. And they still do. And if they didn't kapow axed up, um. Also, that the murderer was possessed by a spirit, had no clue it happened. That's why he was able to get away. Yeah. And then still today, again, all those goofy ghost shows go there. Yeah. You said there was a movie made about it. Yeah. Uh, but but it is. I mean, if, if you believe in haunted or not, it's one of those places where there's a bad energy, obviously, yeah. because there's an unsolved, terrible murder there. Mm-hmm. Guts and butts, man. Guts and butts. I think that is uh, some wild ass stories we went through. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and again, this one is a little bit different because no one out and out was caught as a suspect and blamed spirits. However, the entire community at the time began to fear that there was some sort of evil force that had decided to slay this very nice family. And they feared that if they did not uphold the correct moral standards, that they too would fall victim to the immortal spirit coming and slaying them with an axe. And that's real shit. The entire town for years and uh, even still some to this day. And now whether or not they're playing that up for a tourism situation because they they kept the house intact, you know? Yeah. Uh, And uh, all, all the ghost shows go there. You can go take tours of it. It's like a Lizzie Borden house situation. Yeah, right. I mean, you're you're profiting off of that. Yeah. Pretty cool. Is it? Man, if that was your job. Oh, yeah. I got you. I thought you meant the murder. pretty tight. Yeah, it's a cool job. Yeah. I think it would be pretty sweet. Bed and breakfast. You get to sleep in the rooms. Well, and also, you know, as much as I'll say I don't believe in haunting, if I go into like a abandoned situation at night, I'm still creeped out. Oh, hell yeah. Remember when we went uh, doing your job? You know, if you're new to the podcast, buddies job is to locate and help take care of homeless youth yep there was an abandoned mental there was a either mental or a nursing home okay an abandoned nursing a a very creepy abandoned medical building of some sort and we went to go because it was like a place where kids squat yeah because it's just like an open abandoned fucked up building uh, I was creeped out for sure yeah and then we started walking into it a goddamn bat flew under your vest yes which is much scarier than a ghost, man. Yeah. Well, the next day I went back in the in the daylight with the rest of the people I work with, because that night I needed somebody to go with me because the other people were busy. But 
We went down there, man, and these kids have spray painted a big ass Satan downstairs and it said <laughs> said welcome to hell man and I got this guy that's terrified of everything and he fucking goes hey that says welcome to hell let's get the hell out of here that's <laughs> one of the funniest things ever oh man. Uh, man I think we can cut it on that supernatural note the song you suggested this week was seance haunted and of course we'll have that in the intro and outro we as always here at death metal dicks thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our goofy shit yeah uh, plugs that I always forget to throw up, up top. And also, uh, man, I've had several stupid fucking offer. I feel like I got put into some scammy. I, I feel I, everything that approaches me, I assume is a scam. Yeah. Like a telemarketing type of situation. Cause in a way it is, you know, I hate multi-level marketing type shit. Uh, anyway, we've had sponsors like try to come at us. Um, I can tell you if you do, you know, if you like, again, we have a giant audience. Who the fuck knows why? And we just get people hitting us up. Now, I can tell you right now, if you if you're listening, and any of these things pertain to you, things that we would actually be interested in, uh, record labels that we like. Yeah. Um, we would be interested in in like horror movie companies. Yeah. I mean, you know, if if you have a product that actually applies to what we're doing, that's not a meal service company or a fucking mattress, uh, or a book. I mean, you know, if you're adjacent to what we're doing, then hell yeah. Like, let's work together. Maybe you got a beer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm with it, you know, every part of me feels like I'm selling out, but I'm also fucking broke, but I'll still walk away on plenty of shit. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is that we're we're on the DIY shit. Yeah. Uh, our producer, Mark, works hard as fuck to do the electronic part of it. Uh, I do all the research and buddy is uh buddy. You know, you can't, you can't buy that. No, it's not a monetary such. It's just the one human being that's like this. Yeah. And it's buddy. So he's that, which is invaluable. And, uh, you know, as much as I hate being broke, I also hate commerce. Yeah. So we, we, we self fund our shit, um, which is like a slow going thing. What I can say is we love everyone that has helped us out on Patreon so far. And there's a fucking lot of you. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, weird to say it every week and it's hard to put in words. But I, it really, I, I have a ton of gratitude for people like uh, Matt Mess, mm-hmm. Bobby Henderson, uh, Ash Rude, um, and everyone else that's getting in on the Patreon. I mean, there's a ton of them. And those boys are on like the highest tier that we have and uh, not great at doing anything online. And they ride with us because they, they like the podcast like we're doing. Yeah. And uh, we all talk online and that doesn't, you know, um, I, I hate to ask for money. Uh, but again, you know, just so you know, like we're not tr- doing anything with it except for paying for the podcast. Yeah. Like every online thing. I mean, to expand to Spotify, like all this shit that you wouldn't ever think about costs shit, you know, trying to do some advertising. It's all dumb money shit. For sure. It's a racket. It's a butt fucker. A big old racketino. So if you want to help out monetarily, that's awesome. Uh, I understand most people can't. Uh, there's tons of shit you can do that would help us have it free. And I only ask that if you if you enjoy what we're doing and you generally want to see us progress. You know, of course, you could tell your friends old school style. Say, hey, yo, uh, the name Death Metal Dicks, Death Metal Detectives. You can be a put off to some people that aren't into extreme music. Uh, it's named that because we, we love death metal. Yep. And we're doing some detective work. Yeah, we are expert detectives. Yeah, expert. That's a great word for what we got going on over here. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and and uh, word of mouth helps a lot. You know, you can explain to someone who loves true crime. Oh, that's a lot of our fans is true crime people. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially what we do. Uh, we do some paranormal shit. We try to have a good time on top of crime. Yeah. So spread the word. Uh, you can also give us reviews, which is something like basically I can lift the veil on it. At some point, we'll get to a place where we're trying to book shows consistently or we're trying to like sell advertising space to something that actually makes sense. Yeah. Basically people want to see through iTunes that if you, if your audience is asked to do something like if we're like, yo, can you click on this link that you'll comply with it? That's all. Uh, it sounds like some shady backdoor shit, but I, I, if you leave us five stars and give us a review, uh, I don't, I'm not asking you to give us a five star rating and then a a review like man i love you guys rule to like stroke my ego and make me feel cool it's really just that uh, at some point we can show people like yo we have an active audience yeah Uh, so anyone that has done that fuck yeah thank you so much if you want to do that that'd be awesome uh no pressure i mean the main thing we have going on here is we're trying to essentially build a community of like-minded people and if you want to get on our facebook group it's just facebook.com of course and then go to the group search go to search Click on groups, type in death metal dicks. You'll find us. It's a closed group because uh, you got to keep it closed to keep spam out. That's yeah. all. And we'll add you to it. Just click on it. Don't worry about answering the questions. That's like some captcha shit, you know, yeah. to make sure you're not a fucking spam bot. But you can, though, because sometimes there's some good answers. Yeah, I mean, feel free. Uh, they're funny. It's nothing serious. If you feel weird about it, like, uh, again, it's just to keep out, like, anybody trying to sell shit. That's all. Yeah. Just because, like, if you're a member of groups on Facebook, that's really like the best place to. It's like a. It's like a message board, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's like a message board. It is. So hop in there. We interact all the time. Post music. Talk about shit. People post hilarious memes about metal. It's fun as fuck. Uh, Instagram.com backslash death metal dicks. Facebook.com backslash death metal dicks. Hardly use that because Facebook's a sham. Uh, most of the postings on Instagram. Uh, we have a Twitter. If you know anything about Twitter and you want to help us out with that, please do, because I don't get it. I don't have the patience to do it. I'm interneted it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, YouTube.com backslash death metal dicks. We record the podcast and uh, that's on Wednesday. So if you want, if you're impatient and you want to see it before it hits the iTunes, hop on here and you can also see us recording. we got a cool background. Mark does a great job with the audio and video. So check that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Jerking a jack. You got anything, buddy? No, just uh. You guys get out there and you fucking make a difference in the world by touching yourselves, not in public, but in your bathroom or on somebody's face that you love very dearly. Okay. Well, my last piece, I actually, was something I wanted to say is that, you know, when we first started, uh, you know, I go through waves. Mm-hmm. I'm, I wouldn't call myself like neurotic per se, mm-hmm. but I just, I get stuck on some shit. I, uh, I'm pretty like through line and shit that I believe in, but I'm also very flexible. I'm like having my mind made up and changed. Uh, we were on some heavy, Satan talk at the end of it. Yeah. Every episode. I try to give like a motivational shout out to people that listen, because I think that that's like a big help in your life is just like, you know, my, my main tenets are like organization, discipline, uh, working on improving yourself and listening to your fucking body and your mind more than trying to like take the, like blame it on another human being or another entity. That is karate in America. Yeah, but that's like, you know, the original LeVay Satanism is like the tenets of like wor- like worshiping the flesh, worshiping yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've dug in more into like what's going on with the Satanic Temple recently. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want any association with that. Yeah, that's not my thing. Corny, whack. 
Ghost. Ghost. It's all that. It's all like that shit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't want to be lumped in with that. Uh, when I if I get, if I say like Hail Satan, like uh, we're into fucking heavy metal, guy. Yeah. You know. Well, I think the thing is, is like people get too stuck on ideologies, man. It's like Satanism is what you want it to be. That's what everybody else is doing, but they're able to sell it to dumb people like they can in any other religion. Man, Satanism is what you want it to be. My Satanism is different than your Satanism. Man, just believe in something, but most importantly, believe in your fucking self. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like what the, that is what Satanism is, is believing in yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I was trying to ride for, but I hate saying it now. Yeah. So, uh, fuck yeah, I mean, we love you guys. Yeah. And uh, that's literal. I think that uh, love, um, even if you listen to the blackest of metal, is what should rule your world. Yeah. If so, you do uh, listen to the blackest of metal and you take it seriously, it's probably not. Yeah, you're probably on some dork shit. Yeah. So, hail love. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next week. Yeah.